we all know and love him. Our host, Dominic Carter, has moderated debates with Hillary Clinton, billionaire Michael Bloomberg, and even interviewed Nelson Mandela. Here is our host, political commentator, Dominic Carter. Hello, everyone, and welcome to my brand new podcast. Those of you that know me for my 30-year journalism career in TV and radio in New York City, thanks for the support and the love all these years. It means the world to me. Believe me when I tell you. And to those of you hearing me for the very first time, welcome, welcome. My career has shown that I'm known as a straight shooter. No BS. And that is what I promise you will get from me. I break things down so that everyone can understand exactly what is going on. We start with the presidential race. Let's go. The fact that Joe Biden tends to make gaffes is not the issue. When you're up against somebody whose hair is orange and who uh, somehow believes we should all be drinking um, who knows what, some Lysol or something else to clean our bodies out. That's not the question. The question is, how are those verbal errors made into indices of not being a leader? This is not about anything but leadership. And the future of America is very much at stake. And joining us now is someone who's a legend in the New York area. And I'm so glad that he's our first guest, Hank Sheinkoff, a major political consultant, he gets folks elected. He's also teaches graduate school and so on. Hank, thanks for being the number one person right out the gate. Well, I'm flattered that you would honor me so, and you are a very fine man. They're lucky to have you doing these podcasts. Thank you very much. Let's start this way. We are standing right now and legendary throughout the world, Grand Central Station. And it's all because of the coronavirus. How has the coronavirus changed the game of politics? Coronavirus has changed the game of politics because for the first time in a long time, the United States government has failed, failed significantly. And those failures are so evident because people are dying. And the failure of government, the federal government to function overall, that slack's been taken up by local officials like Andrew Cuomo and others. And those there are those that have failed, like, you know, the, the mayor of the city of New York is a complete and utter failure. And the incapacity to manage a crisis tells us that what we're doing really is electing people who are almost pinup dolls. They don't do the work. They're not there to manage a crisis, but they're there to get elected because they run campaigns done by people like me that somehow convince other people they should vote for them when, in fact, they're not competent to do the work. Wow. You're referring to Bill de Blasio, the I am Democratic Bill mayor de Blasio, of New York City, and I'm, Andrew Cuomo, I'm the governor of New York who State. Who I think has done a, done a reasonable job. You know, part of leadership is convincing people that they are, that things are going to be okay. It was Roosevelt on the fireside chats during the Second World War and the Depression. It was Harry Truman uh, standing up and saying, we're going to get you health care. It was Dwight Eisenhower saying, we're going to get people uh, educated. We're going to build highways. And we're going to get the country moving again. It was John Kennedy saying, look, we're going to get to the moon. Lyndon Johnson saying, we can re- rebuild this society. Ronald Reagan, whether you agreed with him or not, saying, we're going to make this country work again and America will be great. You know, it's that kind of leadership is in short supply. Bill Clinton, too. You know, I mean, I worked for Bill Clinton and I I can tell you that at least he read everything available and he really cared about this country deeply and at the future and its children. Now we have a guy in the White House, George Bush. You don't have to like him either. George Bush, one, was a great patriot and a great man. 
two was was un, was taken over by the by the not the neocons so much as the profiteers who enjoy war. Uh, that being said, this guy is uh, the guy in the White House right now is extraordinary. I mean, I in in the interest of uh, disclosure, like most of the world in New York City, I was uh, Donald Trump had me do a job in 1999. I got paid. I'm happy to say every dollar. Everybody in the region has worked for Donald Trump at some point or another. So uh, one guy running for mayor said, I can't hire you because you worked for Donald Trump. I said, well, that was 22 years ago. By the way, I'd be more concerned, I said to him, about who you did business with than who Hank Shankov did business with. Because who Hank Shankov did business with is not going to be on a television screen, but you are. How would you, you, you reference President Trump, how would you rate, and I'm sensing it's not good, the way that he has handled the coronavirus America is losing a thousand people a day. The pandemic is not an international pandemic anymore. The tragedy is that the greatest country in the history of the world, allowing the most freedom for the most amount of people, and besides the fact that it still can't figure out its racial problems, which are not insignificant, because they've now gone from race to income gap, which is hard to resolve under any circumstances, and I'm deeply concerned about it. I'm not surprised about, about urban disturbances. I predicted them to my students a year and a half ago. You cannot have... Now we have three societies or four. We have black, we have white people now are doing the things that black people did sadly uh, during the crack epidemic 20 years ago. They're now killing themselves with opioids because there is no hope and no future. We have uh, white middle income people being taxed, not so much taxed, but the society is putting the pressure on them that their kids have student loans because they were told they have to go to college and the parents are going to wind up paying for it. So it's just the whole thing's a mess. You can't have this many fissures going on in a society and hope that it remains in place. Donald Trump has done nothing to heal those fissures. He's done nothing to keep Americans alive. And he's told people extraordinary things. People should be reading Tim Snyder's new work on fascism and Applebaum's new book on on, uh, fascist behavior. And what is happening in this country is dangerous under all circumstances. I'm going to ask you, let's face it, you're very good at getting people elected. So I'm going to ask you to assess the presidential race in just one second. But you and I share a similar background in terms of, okay, I'm African-American, you're white, but we share this bond in terms of a rough upbringing. You were not born, Hank Scheinkoff, on third base and claimed that you hit a home run. Tell us about your background. Well, I mean, look, I I never like to talk about it. The only reason I've talked about it over the years is to, frankly, try to be an inspiration to people, black, white, Latino, or anybody else, that anything is possible. I mean, I was, my mother was 15. My father was 19. I was abandoned at seven. I lived in all kinds of places. And ultimately, you know, I was out of the house where there was no house. I used to fight my way in the house, down the street, in the house with my stepfather. Uh, when I lived with my mother for a couple of years with him. And I, you know, I had uh, deviated septum to this day for three reasons. One, because I couldn't keep my hands to myself as a kid. Two, because my stepfather and I used to go to it. And three, because I still couldn't keep my hands to myself until I calmed down. So you but, were in a group home yeah, at one point. But, you know, uh, and I dropped out of high school and the family took me in and I was lucky. You know, I got a shot. If it wasn't for free university in New York City, I would have never gone to college. It was out of the question. And I would guess that if it hadn't been for a couple other things, you know, I would have been uh, a master criminal, probably done my third bit in Iraq, Rikers Island or in upstate New York with, with my black friends. I, I am... The labor movement allowed me to have a decent job so I can make a buck and put food on the table and pay the rent. I walked into this game. It was an accident in the South Bronx, and I somehow took to it, and I got lucky. I don't know that young people could have those same opportunities that I had. And I am grateful to New York City, and that is why 
And I, and I look, a guy like me, I got to see America and the world in this business. I worked all over the world. I worked all over the United States. But I stayed in New York because I felt an obligation. This city gave me every opportunity. And what I'm seeing is a place where that is changing so dramatically. And I worry about the future. And I worry about what young black people are seeing and what young white people are seeing and why this is going to get worse. The presidential race, President Trump, Joe Biden, assessing who's going to win. I think today Donald Trump wins. This is August of 2020. I predicted, I'm one of the idiots who predicted in May of 2016 that Donald Trump would be the president. I said in January he would be the Republican nominee. People laughed me out of the room. Why? Because the people in the streets don't want Joe Biden elected. It's that simple. They want a revolution because AOC and the left wing of the Democratic Party really doesn't want Joe Biden elected, they want to, they're creating a social movement. She refers to this as a movement, not as a party activity. The issue is, and anybody who studies social movements knows that until you have a law passed resolving the social movement's needs, it doesn't go out of business. They don't want to go out of business. The attacks on the Democratic Party with insight are significant. Medicare for all sounds great, but why don't you just finish destroying the unions who then won't be able to negotiate anything? Unless we have unionization, and we do things to, in a serious way, to talk about closing the income gap. We're not going to close the race gap. We're not going to close anything. And I don't think the Democrats are prepared for that real discussion. They're getting their money from the same place as everybody else is. They're just lying about it. The polls show Joe Biden way ahead. You, you don't buy it, Hank Sheinkoff? Listen, I was just talking to my friend, President Hillary Clinton, who was, uh, you know, having dinner with her, with her friend, President Romney, and they were with Governor Elliot Spitzer, who was on his way to be vice president. Listen, until the chickens are in the coop, don't figure out how you're going to slaughter them for dinner. Bottom line. It's not easy to win a presidential campaign. I've been in them. It's not easy. Do I think Trump wins today? Yes. Could this change? You'll know on Labor Day, depending upon the kind of campaign that Biden runs. And by the way, the social media work that Biden's people are doing is spectacular. Depend if you're. It depends what platforms you're on. You will see their work. It is smart. It stresses leadership and stresses the humanity of that former senator from Delaware. Is the biggest worry for Joe Biden uh, perhaps a self-inflicted wound? The fact that Joe Biden tends to make gaffes is not the issue. When you're up against somebody whose hair is orange and who uh, somehow believes we should all be drinking um, who knows what, some Lysol or something else to clean our bodies out. That's not the question. The question is how are those Verbal errors made into indices of not being a leader. This is not about anything but leadership. And the future of America is very much at stake. It's about leadership, both overseas against our enemies. The Russians and the Chinese are not our friends. America is in a a race with Russia to remain relevant and a race with China to to stay a power. This incumbent has allowed our position throughout the world to decline. Manhattan District Attorney, someone you know well, Cy Vance, yep. investigating the Trump organization. And now, apparently, Vance is looking at insurance and bank fraud and patterns of financial misconduct. Is this a tremendous red flag for the president? And what about the Southern District, the federal prosecutors of the Southern District? Do you think that they will ultimately perhaps come after Trump if he loses the election? I have tremendous regard for the FBI, and I'll tell you why. This FBI is a new FBI. This is not J. Edgar Hoover's FBI. This is an FBI that was born out of 9-11 with terrific street agents 
and people who really care about this country. And they've been abused by this president significantly and been undercut and made to look like a bunch of rogue cops, which is atrocious. If you don't think those people are doing their work, why? Because they and the professional prosecutors in the Justice Department want their honor restored and they want restoration of the honor of law in this country. So be sure that they're working. They're not going to tell you what they're doing. As far as the Manhattan DA is concerned, in the tradition of Bob Morgenthau, who had, who was my friend, who had tremendous courage and who I miss often, and I spent time talking with over the years a lot, um, in his, in his memory, Cy Vance on his, likely what is probably his way out the door, is doing an extraordinary thing for this major nation. By looking into the By president. looking into this, and, and his, my betting is his trick card, which no one's seen, is Michael Cohn. Hmm. And Michael Cohn uh, is going to get even. And how is he going to do that? By telling the truth. One way or the other. One way or the other. He was going to tell the truth. He'll be, he will sell that book by telling the truth, and Cy Vance will be listening to every word. And a judge recently sided with Michael Cohen in terms of letting him back out of prison in terms of the book, apparently the Justice Department wanted to gag him. Well, I'm glad you said that, Dominic. The idea of the Justice Department gagging free speech should be a warning to everybody to pay attention that these signs of the destruction of freedom and the capacity to live as Americans, whether we like the racial conditions or not, and anybody with a brain doesn't, whether we think that the income gap is real or not, we should. But the fact that our freedom to express ourselves is under attack should be a warning sign to everyone who cares about democracy. Now, let me ask you this question. Back to the presidential race, Joe Lockhart, uh, the President Clinton's former press secretary, wrote an op-ed urging Biden not to debate President Trump. I don't know if he could do that with the federal election rules and matching funds and so on, but is that something that that you would subscribe to? I don't know what the numbers look like in the polling data because I'm not involved in the campaign. It's a reasonable theory to have. Joe Lockhart is a real pro. That's a reasonable uh, presumption to make. But again, because he thinks, and he's there's some value to this, that Donald Trump will turn this into his own television program. But you know what? The Donald Trump uh, coronavirus briefings were canceled by the public and by staff because the, he made a fool of himself. And he didn't look very well at all, and it wasn't a good time. Question here is for Joe Biden, if he's going to do those debates and Trump starts pounding him, not to respond to Trump but to respond to the American people. The American people want something to happen. The regionalization of our politics, which is a gift from Newt Gingrich going back to the 90s and has continued unabated, can only be fixed if we have new leadership in the White House. We're not going to get people back in to, to, being, to doing kumbaya between you know, the South and, and the Midwest and, and the New York and, and California. But we gotta, we gotta, you know, Biden's got to show that leadership and he's got to figure out how to get around Trump on that debate stage. Black Lives Matter. Yeah. The protests taking place throughout America, in fact, throughout the world. Your take on all of this? Um, I think protest movements are very, very important. They also let the steam out of a political system in a time of crisis. The more you have these kinds of things, the more you know the system's in trouble. That's why Biden needs to be elected by people, whether they're Republicans or Democrats, that they want to save this political system. One of the great political scientists of the 20th century was a fellow named B.O. Key who created a theory in really was his and others called critical elections. What critical elections do, they're not critical. What they do is they take the steam out of the political system and allowing people then to focus on the nature of governance. We need that now badly. I'm going to close this way here. Uh, Two quick questions. If Trump loses the election, does he leave office quietly? Donald Trump is not leaving office quietly. The good news for us in this extraordinary nation, and we've seen it occur before, and I was in Washington 
when the night of the Saturday night massacre and when uh, Nixon fired what four distinguished and important public officials, I think it was four. And what amazed me, though it was silent in the streets of Washington, I was working there, was that there were no tanks in the street. The greatness of this nation is that our military knows its place, despite what the president wants to do. But he's not leaving. The only question is how he gets out of there. And so you believe he may not go quiet? He's not going to leave. Why? Because he believes this is his due, and he will try to destroy everyone in the process thereof. Will Republicans keep the Senate? I don't think the Republicans keep the Senate. I think the uh, the problems they face are pretty clear. Colorado in deep trouble. There's a couple. I think Maine is in deep trouble. It ain't that much. So people ought to get ready to say, okay, New York Senator Chuck Schumer, you're the guy. And that may very well may be the case. But that happens. Don't be surprised if Donald Trump is reelected. And so we may see Charles Schumer, someone we both know very well, as the majority. It's a long way from Brooklyn, from Sheepshead Bay, where I first met him, campaigning to the majority leader's office in the U.S. Senate. But you have to give the guy credit because he's gotten there. He will Bre- get there. Brother Hank Scheinkoff, I close this way. We mentioned Trump. We mentioned Biden. Why did Hillary Clinton lose the election? Hillary Clinton lost the election because she was badly advised, in my estimation. And uh, she was a much better retail campaigner than a wholesale campaigner. Not great at rallies, but in personal contact, terrific. They did not allow her to show how smart she was. And she was angry that she had to show how smart she was. That combination, plus bad advice, resulted in a loss that shouldn't have happened. Well, political consultant Hank Scheinkoff, you know that I have enormous respect for you, and I want to thank you for joining us for our very first podcast. We're going to bring it to the people. We're going to bring it to them straight. And you're someone that I've known for over 20 years, and you're a straight shooter, and you have a good heart. And that's why I wanted you to be the first guest. We've got to get this country back on. Look, guys like you and I, there are plenty of them out there. We cannot walk away from them and tell them they have no hope. If we had no hope, I wouldn't be here with you today. You know, I would be doing something else and it wouldn't be good. Neither would you. That's right. I was about to say the same thing. We've got to give these people hope so that a 16-year-old, 15-year-old, that the son of a 19-year-old father and a 15-year-old mother, abandoned at the age of six, seven, could lead the life I've lived from the White House, from the gutter to the White House. We want to give other people that opportunity. Well, Hank Scheinkoff, thank you for joining us for our very first podcast. And to all of you listening, we will see you the next time. Join us next time for Conversations with Dominic Carter. Reach out to Dominic on Twitter at Dominic TV Radio. Dominic looks forward to hearing from you. Thank you for joining us.